When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a special episode of the Bacon Bets podcast, a special bonus episode. Today, we are going to be talking about UFC 281. I've talked about UFC 281. Well, not 281. I've talked about UFC specifically on the show in the past. Uh, it's been a little while since I've kind of dove deep into the UFC, but the reason why I'm doing it is because this weekend, it is a stacked card. It's an absolutely stacked card. It is at Madison Square Garden. And yours truly will be in attendance. So I'm going to be there from the very first fight, which starts at 6 p.m. all the way until like 12.30, 1 a.m. when it's finally over. And since I'm going to be there for every single fight, I will be betting on every single fight. So since I'll be there in person, since I'll be betting every single fight, since it's a very stacked card that I'm sure a lot of people will be watching and betting on, I figured I'd record a little bonus episode to give out my best bets for every single pick. I'll be telling you who I'll be backing in every single fight this weekend. Uh, my, If you missed it, my NFL Week 10 episode is already out, so go check out that if you're looking for NFL picks. No NFL picks here, UFC only. If you're going to be at UFC 281, uh, shoot me a message. Maybe we'll meet up for a beer uh, in between fights. But I don't have anything else to mention here. Let's dive into it. I think there are 14 fights. My picks are officially locked in. Uh, all, or at least most of them, tracked on BetStamp. I use BetStamp to track my bets. I love BetStamp. I'll be honest, their UFC offerings aren't super in-depth. They're like, they don't even have odds posted on there for the Carolina fight. Um, but it, I think all the others have been tracked. And if odds get posted, I'll track at some point. But the odds might be a little bit different from what I actually bet of that. Uh, but with that all being said, these are my bets. They're locked in. I'm recording this Wednesday night. So uh, it's not like I'm posting these after the fact. So let's get into it. My 14 picks for all 14 UFC 281 fights set to take place this Saturday at Madison Square Garden. Let's dive into it. No, Lisa. The only monster here is the gambling monster that has enslaved your mother. I call him Gamblor, and it's time to snatch your mother from his neon claws. More bacon than the pan can handle. 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 Utility man. All right, starting with the first early prelim of the fight, the very first fight of the night, Carlos Ulberg against Nikolai Negumarino. <laughs> Did I have to re-record this pick? Yes. Because uh, Nikolai Negu Marino 
That's a little bit of a tough name to pronounce, a name that if you mispronounce it, uh, it's going to be problematic. So uh, <laughs> from, for the rest of my pick here, I'll be referring to Nikolai Negumarino, uh, simply as Nikolai, uh, to keep me out of trouble. But I'm going to be taking, <laughs> it's a tough one. I'm going to be taking Carl's Ulberg. Minus 128 here, slight favorite. He's 2-1 in the UFC. Negu Marino is 4-1 in the UFC. Ulberg averaging 8.91 significant strikes per minute. He is an absolute madman. That is that is a crazy rate of significant strikes. Obviously, a small sample size, only three fights so far, but still, 8.91 significant strikes per minute is insane. He also has a 100% takedown accuracy rate and a 100% takedown defense through his first three fights. Now, Nikolai... Uh, much more of a careful fighter, 3.79 significant strikes per minute, but he actually averages more significant strikes absorbed at 5.69. It is generally not a good sign if you're absorbing almost two full more strikes per minute than what you're dishing out. So he's, for a guy who's averaging more than two, almost two full more significant strikes absorbed than giving, and now he has to take on a guy who dishes out 8.91 significant strikes per minute, I will back that guy. So I will take Carlos Ulberg, minus 128 for the first fight of the night. Next up, uh, I'm not wasting any time taking a big underdog here. I'm going to take Julio Arce uh, at plus 175. Arce? Arce? Don't know. I'm sure I'll be mispronouncing a ton of names throughout this episode. Taking on Montel Jackson, I will take Arce. Plus 175 here. He's only 5-3 and three in the UFC and 3-3 three and three in his last six fights, but he has had to fight some tough fighters. He lost to Song Yadong his last time out, which we know is one of the better fighters in the division. Two split deci decision losses. One to Hakeem Dawoodoo. Shout out to Hakeem Canadian and Shaman Moraes. Those two guys are just absolute dogs. He has a win over Dan Ige. His latest uh, win over Daniel Santos. He landed 127 significant strikes and while Montel Jackson's record looks more impressive yet impressive he hasn't fought the same level of fighter in my opinion he hasn't had to fight the Song Yudongs the Hakeem Dawoodoo's the Shaman Marias's uh, also he relies on his wrestling he averages 4.13 takedowns per 15 minutes but Arce or Arce Arc uh, has a 94% takedown defense the only time he's been taken down was Dan Ige. took him down in his first fight in, uh, in his UFC career. Since then, he has not been taken down. If if Julio can keep the fight standing, I think he has the advantage. So I'll take a shot on him. Pretty sizable underdog here in the second fight of the night. Julio Arce. 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 Plus 175. Next up, we have the third fight of the night. Is I think, probably the worst fight of the night, to be honest. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a loser leaves town kind of scenario. It is Swung Sung Woo Choi against Michael Trezano. And I will take Sung Wu Choi at minus 160. He's 3 and 4 in the UFC. Trezano is 3 and 3, but Trezano is terrible. Even his three wins, two of his three wins came by split decision. Uh, Choi's also had a couple tough fights, by the way. He had to take on Alex Casares. That's a tough loss. Uh, his last loss came via split decision. So while their stats are pretty close and their records are pretty close, Choi has looked more impressive in his fights and he's fought better competition. I think there's a reason why he's the favorite in this fight. So I will take Seung Ho Choi, minus 160, over Michael Trezano. Fourth fight of the night, 
uh, one of my favorite UFC fighters, my UFC crush, Carolina Kowalkowicz. Kowalkowicz. I used to be able to pronounce her last name. Uh, I guess I've lost it at some point. Taking on Silvana Gomez Juarez. Uh, this is my first total. I'm not betting a side in every single fight. A couple of fights I'm going to be taking totals instead. I'm going to take under two and a half rounds at plus 120 in this fight. Uh, Carolina's stats are pretty funny. She lands 5.38 significant strikes per minute, but absorbs 5.59 significant strikes per minute. That is like the equivalent if you're betting on an NFL game and a team uh, leads the NFL in yards per play and is like the last in opponent yards per play. Just all offense, no defense, baby. And while that make you, makes you want to bet an over in the NFL, that will make you want to bet an under in the UFC. Also, her opponent, Silvana Gomez Juarez, uh, she has had the fight stop within the first two rounds in five straight fights. Uh, all three of her UFC fights have been finished in the first round, two submission losses and a KO win. Uh, so I think either one of two situations is going to happen here. Carolina is going to get the submission victory, which is how she won her last fight, or uh, Silvana Gomez Juarez will take advantage of Carolina's lack of striking defense and get a KO finish. Either way, I like the under 2.5, especially a plus 120. Uh, I think a sneaky bet would be Carolina to also win by submission if you're looking for something that is a little bit more plus money. Uh, but there we go. That's my pick for that fight. We're moving through these. This is not going to be a 30-minute episode like my NFL picks. Uh, I have less to say about these in the NFL for sure, but I still got some stats here to back all these picks up. I'm not just using my gut. Uh, the next one, uh, this might be my favorite bet of the night. It is Otman Azaitar, uh, minus 115 against Matt Frivola. Um, I don't know much about this Otman Azaitar guy. Uh, Andy hasn't fought over two years, which does make me a little bit nervous. If you don't see a guy for two years, it's kind of hard to see what he's going to look like. But both of his UFC fights uh, ended in him getting a first-round knockout. He's 13-0 as a professional. 12 of his 13 wins have come via finish. Now, unless I'm missing something, and I, I, like, I don't know why the odds are so close. I, what, so I, it, I handicap UFC the same way uh, as I do any other sport. I evaluate the two opponents. I come up with what I think the odds should be, and then I look at the odds. And I, in my head, said, like, Ottman is, like, a minus 185 here. And then I look at the odds, it's minus 115. So I don't truly get that. Matt Favola does have more UFC fights. And he is a wrestler. So maybe people think he can wrestle Ottman. Uh, but Ottman has stopped the only takedown he's facing in his UFC career. So technically a 100% takedown defense. But he hasn't. no one's really tried to take him down. Tiny sample size. And he hasn't fought in two years. Uh, so maybe that's why uh, this is closer to pick him. But he has landed 8.43 strikes per minute, an accuracy of 57%, and Fervola absorbs 3.47 significant strikes per minute. So unless Fervola gets it to the ground, I think it's going to be a tough outing for him. So this is definitely one of my better my better bets of the of the night, one of my more confident ones. I will take Atman Azaitar, minus 115 against Matt Fervola. This uh, next one is another one. That I like, but it is a big favorite, so maybe a two-unit play if you want to get aggressive. But Andre Petrosky, minus 195 against Wellington Terman. A complete mismatch of a fight here. Petrosky has been on a tear since joining the UFC. Three straight wins, all impressive finishes. He averaged 4.07 significant strikes per minute with a 61% striking accuracy. 
now takes on a guy who absorbs 4.04 uh, 4 significant strikes per minute and has a striking defense of just 42%. So you got a clear striking advantage for Petrovsky, a clear grappling advantage as well, higher takedown accuracy, higher takedown defense, higher takedown per 50 minutes, higher submission attempts, everything points towards Petrovsky in this fight. So I'm just going to lay the juice, minus 195. I'll probably toss a second unit on him. Uh, but just for bet tracking purposes, I'll just keep it to a one-unit play. Petrovsky minus 195 against Wellington Terman. Next one is another women's fight. It is Aaron Blanchfield uh, taking on Molly McCann. Aaron Blanchfield is a huge favorite. Uh, I know Molly McCann is a fan favorite. Uh, obviously, she's uh, tied to Barstool, uh, does stuff with uh, Patty the Batty. Uh, but unfortunately, this is a terrible stylistic matchup for meatball molly so i will take aaron blanchfield but i'm going to take her to win by decision specifically because i think she is just going to wrestle fucker aaron blanchfield has landed 3.99 takedowns per 15 minutes she landed three takedowns in her first win seven takedowns in her second win and poor meatball molly has a takedown defense of just 46 percent who her two losses she was taken down a combined 12 Time. So it has been illustrated very clearly that the way to beat Molly McCann is to wrestle her. And now she has to take on a girl who relies on her wrestling completely. Now, I don't like this. I think this is annoying. I think this is one of my issues with the UFC. They don't do a great job of marketing fighters. When they have a marketable fighter, they're like, oh, okay, let's make them fight this someone with the worst stylistic advantage of all time. And they'll lose a boring decision and then lose their momentum. It is annoying as a fan. Um, but I will take Aaron Blanchfield here. I think she wins by decision. Maybe you want to sprinkle on her to win by submission instead if you want a little bit more value. Uh, but I think she's just going to wrestle fucker to her three-round decision. I will take Blanchfield by decision, minus 115 against Molly McCann. Uh, then we got Ryan Spann against Dominic Reyes. Dominic Reyes, if you uh, don't remember, fought John Jones. Uh, and I believed at the time, and I probably still believe if I were to go back and look at the fight, that Dominic Reyes actually won that fight, but he did lose a decision, tough decision, and he hasn't won since. He is a big favorite in this fight, but I like Ryan Spann at plus 185 here. I just can't trust Dominic Reyes yet. He hasn't fought in a year and a half. He's coming off three straight losses, and in his last loss, he suffered multiple facial fractures. His face was broken by the current champ, Yuri Petrovska, or however you pronounce his last name, the Polish dude with a funny ponytail-looking thing. His face was literally broken. So people, UFC fans and betters talk about all the time, once a fighter loses their chin, it's hard to get it back in a lot of cases. Well, how about when you, like, literally lose your chin? I guess he didn't literally lose his chin, but you literally get your face broken. I don't know. I, I can't lay... Like, minus 200 and above odds. And a guy who's coming off three straight losses, hasn't fought in a year and a half, and his face was broken the last time that he did fight. Even before his losses, I don't really know or am sold on how good he is. His last win was a knockout of a washed-up Chris Weidman. Before that, he beat Vulcan Ozdemir by a split decision. Uh, so, I don't know... I don't know. This is There's way too many question marks for me to lay that big of a price on him. So, I'll take a shot on the underdog here. Ryan Spann at plus 185. 
then we got what I believe is the, uh, yes, it is the uh, prelim main event. Brad Riddell against Renato Moicano. This one's a tough one. I, after looking at it, I set it as a pick em. So because of that, I was just going to go with whoever the underdog is. And when I locked my bet, Brad Riddell was a small underdog, plus 105. So I went with him. But this is going to be a great fight. Evenly matched. Uh, Rafael Dos Anjos did give kind of the blueprint on how to beat Moicano in his last fight. He completely smothered him, got five takedowns and just kind of held him there. And the thing is that we have seen actually Brad Riddell do that to someone in the past. He did it to Drew Dober. So if he did that to Drew Dober, if he's able to use that same strategy against Renato Moicano, I think he can get the win here. Uh, all their striking stats are all very similar. A lot of their grappling stats are similar. I think it should be a pick'em, and it's just under a pick'em. Brad Riddell, a slight underdog, not a confident play, but I'll take Brad Riddell plus 105. Uh, now we got prelims to talk, or no, we got the main uh, card to talk about here. Uh, but I'm gonna take a quick break. I'll be right back to give all my best bet for the my five main card fights. Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today we discuss technical diagramming with systems architect Maya. Let's go. First question. You've spent 10 hours slogging over a sequence diagram that should have taken five. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board. And if I'm being honest, Miro would probably cut that time down by half. You know, with its AI tools and ready-to-go templates. Next, your diagrams become so bulky, it's more complex than the solar system. But all it takes is a few clicks and... It's Miro. I've used those technical shape packs way too many times, and stuff is just digestible on its infinite online canvas. Now, the final question. Everyone's brought in, but you have to make all these tasks all the way over in Jira. But wait, it's done. Is it... Miro, easy with its two-way Jira sync. Easy to plot dependencies. Everyone always knows what's up. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people creating technical diagrams without workflow glitches. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, let's get into the main card fight, starting off with uh, Dan Hooker and Claudio Poeas. I think this is going to be a little bit of a get-right spot here uh, for Dan Hooker. He's 1-4 in his last five five fights. He's done a lot of favors for the UFC. He's one of those guys that anytime they need someone to fight, they call him and he's there to fight. And I think they usually do these guys favors, where if they need a win, they'll give him a win- winnable opponent. Uh, I took a minus 145 here in this spot. I think the only path to victory for Claudio Poeas, uh, which could be a good one for him, is to submit Hooker. But Hooker does have a 78% takedown defense, and if he keeps it standing... He has a clear advantage, and I don't think uh, Claudio has a chance on the feet. Also, this is a huge step up in competition for Poyas. I'm guessing that's how you pronounce his last name. Uh, his last win came against Clay Guida, who I love Clay Guida, one of my favorite UFC fighters of all time, but I think he's like 88 years old at this point. So massive step up in competition. Dan Hooker is better than his record indicates. He's just getting fed to the wolves lately. Uh, I think this is a get-right spot for him. I'll take Dan Hooker, minus 145 against Claudio Poeas. And then uh, the fight that I might be looking forward to the most, it is Frankie Edgar taking on Chris Guterres. Uh, and this is important because this is Frankie Edgar's retirement fight. This is the last time Frankie Edgar will be fighting in the UFC, fighting in at Madison Square Garden. Uh, all-time legend of the sport, Frankie Edgar. Not only all-time legend of the sport, former champion, and might be the most likable athlete of all time, maybe. Uh, so the UFC fans that are there uh, will be giving him his respect. He's been fight. If you don't know, Frankie Edgar has been fighting in the UFC since 2007. Let me look to see what the actual first event that he fought at was. Um, while I look this up, I'll just let you know, I will be betting on Frankie Edgar. Uh, it is strictly a respect bet. I don't know if it's one that you want to tail, but I'm not going to go and watch Frankie Edgar, one of my favorite athletes of all time, fight his last ever fight live in person and bet against him. That would be disrespectful. His first UFC fight was at UFC 67. So this is UFC 281 now, and his first fight was UFC 67. Took place on February 3rd. 2007 think about what you were doing in 2007 i think i was in my freshman year high school Uh, and here he was fighting in the ufc ufc 67 Ah, fun right before he went to the ufc in reality fighting 14 he fought jim miller another legend of the sport uh but i'm a massive frankie edgar fan he is a pretty sizable underdog in this spot but for pretty good reason plus 185 but i'm willing to lose this bet if he loses this fight, this is a respect bet. He is two and five in his last seven fights, but to be fair, they have kind of fed him to the wolves here. They have not just kind of let him have an easy end of his career. His last seven fights have gone like this. Uh, Marlon Vera. <laughs> okay. Corey Sandhagen. He did beat Pedro Munoz and then Korean zombie, Max Holloway beat Cub Swanson and then Brian Ortega. Like they're feeding him to some absolute young studs. Uh, so I will say this fight is easier than his past fights has have been, uh, but uh, Chris Guterres uh, probably should win. But it is a pretty big step up in competition for him too. So um, it is it is kind of a little bit tough to say, but I mean, Frankie Edgar is 41 years old. 
Uh, and he has a ton of miles off him. He's coming off two ugly knockout losses. Uh, but this is a big respect bet. I will take Frankie Edgar plus 185 strictly out of respect for one of the greatest mixed martial artists of all time. Former champion. Like I said, my personal favorites uh, as well. Then we're moving on to the final three fights here. What should be the fight of the night here. Dustin Poirier and Michael Chandler should be just an absolute barn burner. It's my prediction for what's going to be named fight of the night. I will take the under one and a half rounds at even money. These guys get after it. Poirier lands 5.61 significant strikes per minute. Chandler lands 5.17 significant strikes per minute. The two absorb 4.23 and 4.87 significant strikes per minute. Poirier's average time in the octagon, and this is with a lot of his fights being 25-minute main events, his average time is 10.02. Chandler's average time is 7.16. So if you think taking under one and a half rounds is aggressive, history shows it's not that aggressive. I think it is going to be a burn burner of a fight here. I'll be rooting for chaos. I think Poirier is the deserving favorite. Uh, I, I think the odds are set about right. If Chandler climbs up to a 2-1 to one dog, then I think Michael Chandler has some value but as of recording this podcast he's sitting at like plus 180 plus 185 so i don't think he's quite there yet but we'll see how the line moves as the week goes on but i'll take under one and a half rounds even money between Poirier and chandler uh, then we have the two title fights starting off with waylay zhang against carla esparza i forgot to write down the odds here what it was and i don't think i put them in bet stamp either but uh, I will take Waylay Zhang to win via finish at plus 115. Actually, was it finish or was it uh, TKO? I'll look it up here as I'm talking about it. But a quick little story about Carlos Barras. And I don't know where I heard it, but it definitely is a real story. I think it's from... Because this happened back way long ago. If you don't remember, the this women's division was uh, the first belt went to the winner of the Ultimate Fighter season. Uh, Carlos Barza won that initially. And then her next fight had to be against Joanna Janjacek, uh, who no one had seen a type of woman fighter like Joanna Janjacek uh, in the UFC. Ronda Rousey came along and like was the first actual like world-class martial artist in women's MMA. And then the next kind of class of fighter was the Joanna Janjaceks, who were world-class strikers. And the story, and I think it was maybe Carlos Barza's trainer, I think was talking about it. They were in the locker room warming up. For the fight, and they could hear Yuana Yanjacek hitting pads in the next locker room over to say, And apparently, uh, his trainer, I think it was the trainer, uh, saw the look in Carlos Barza's eyes and knew the fight was over. And if you watch that, Carlos Barza was beat before the before the first bell even rang. My point in telling that story is I think it's a similar situation here. Carlos Barza is a talented wrestler. But she gets inside her own head and she does and she does that happens to her when she gets intimidated, when she ta is taking on intimidating opponents. Waylay Zhang is an intimidating opponent. Uh, I saw a video this week. She she picked up Francis Ngannou and like easily. Like she could have she was about to body slam him. She's strong, she's fierce, she gets in the mud. She will not be dancing around just throwing no strikes like Rose Namayunas did when Carlos Barza won the belt back in her last fight, which was the most boring UFC fight of all time. She'll be intimidated by Weilei Zhang, uh, who, by the way, averages 5.78 significant strikes per minute. Uh, she'll be intimidated by her. Um, 
she won't be in it. Weili Zhang is going to bring the fight to her, uh, and it's going to get ugly. Uh, that is my prediction for that fight. Sorry, I'm still trying to look up the odds for what I actually took here. Um, but ta -ta -ta -ta. I'm trying to find out. I don't even know what fucking book it was that I took it at. Uh, winning method. Um, it is Weili Zhang... To win by TKO, plus 120. Let me double check that. I'll be right back. Allowed me, allowed me to correct myself. I took Weili Zhang just to win by finish. Uh, I got it at plus 110. So significant strikes. TKO, I mean, TKO, KO submission. Weili Zhang to win inside the distance at plus 110, I think. I think that's a fantastic bet. Like I said, I think Carlos Sparza is going to be, she's going to be defeated before she even steps in the octagon. And that brings me to the main event, the main event of the evening. Israel Adesanya against Alex Pereira. Now, if you don't know the storyline behind this, these two fought uh, in kickboxing very early in their careers. Alex Pereira won both fights. Apparently the story is, the first fight went to decision. Apparently, many people there, everyone who watches the fight, thinks that Israel Adesanya won the first fight, and it was a bad decision in given to Pereira. They then rematched shortly after, and Pereira won by knockout. So he is 2-0. Some would say 1-1, one one, uh, based on how the first fight went, but he is officially 2-0 against Israel Adesanya in kickboxing. Pereira's only fought like three times, I think, in the UFC, uh, but the UFC wants this storyline to happen. Because of their history, uh, I'm going to take Pereira here at plus 180, but I think I think this is going to come down to just kind of what game plan Israel Adesanya has. If Israel Adesanya comes out and tries to wrestle, even though he's not known for wrestling, he needs to turn this into a mixed martial arts fight. If he lets his ego take over and turn this into a kickboxing fight, I actually think Pereira has the edge, and I think that's actually what he's going to do. I have not liked what I've heard from Adesanya as of late. I haven't liked what I've seen from him and his fights as of late. He seems to be getting a little bit complacent, in my opinion, uh, a little cocky, a little stubborn. And when you get like that, that is immediately when you lose as a champion. In my opinion, I think past history kind of shows that. So I'll take a shot at Pereira plus 180, but I could be wrong. Adesanya could come out. If he comes out and really uses his full range of mixed martial arts capability, if he tries to take Pereira down, if he uses some grappling, I think he wins this fight. I think Adesanya opened up as around a minus 150 favorite. I think that was the right price. It's up way over to, or not way over, but it's up over minus 200 now. Value is gone on, on Adesanya. It's Pereira or nothing from the betting odds, in my opinion. So I'll take Alex Pereira plus 180. Uh, let me, there you go. That is, those are my picks for every single UFC 281 fight. Let me go through and just recap them for you. Carlos Ulberg, minus 128. Julio Arce. Plus 175, Seung Woo Choi, minus 160, Carolina Kolokovic and Silvana Gomez Juarez, under two and a half rounds, plus 120, Otman Azatar, minus 115, Andre Petrosky, minus 195, uh, Blanchfield by decision over Molly McCann, minus 115, Ryan Spann, plus 185 against Dominic Reyes, Brad Riddell, plus 105 against Hinato Moicano. Dan Hooker, minus 145. Frankie Edgar, plus 185. Poirier Chandler, under one and a half rounds. Wei Zhang Zhang to win by finish. 
either TKO or submission, plus 110 against Carlos Barza and Alex Pereira, Pereira plus 180 against Israel Adesanya. If all my best bets, let me quickly go through and see which ones I like the best. I like Carlos Carlos Olberg in the first fight, minus 128. That is one of my favorite bets. I like Otman Azatar, minus 115. I like Andre Petrosky, minus 195. Um, and then I like uh, Wele Zhang to finish by uh, inside the distance. So I think those are four best bets for you. So there you have it. Good luck to all your picks this weekend. Uh, enjoy the fights. I'll be back next week for week 11 of the road to 272 bets. I'll talk to you then. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.